You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Well, good morning, everyone. Hello. Oh, that was like, we're like festive and ready. It's great. Lots of excitement in the room. Um, as Jeff said, my name is Natalie, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard. I know we have a lot of people tuning in on the live stream, so I want to say good morning to you as well. I'm glad you could be here and engage with us this morning. It's good to be together. Well, let's start this morning by talking about seasons. It's getting colder outside. (laughs) The days are getting shorter, and it's just getting dark so early. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of this change. Clearly, winter is, is basically here, and for some reason, I'm never ready, even though it always comes back. It's going to keep coming back. I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but may, maybe you're one of those people who is so excited because it snowed, and you're like, I'm going to go to the mountains. I'm going to go skiing. And you're like, yes. I'm not one of those people, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> and maybe you're one of those people who's dreading the cold, and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to scrape my car off this morning, and I have to like plan ahead and, and do all of that. You know, I'd be, good with, I'd be good with snow on Christmas, and then maybe through January, and then I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I am learning to appreciate the winter here, though. Uh, it, the snow melts way faster than in Minnesota, where I grew up. It's like, going to be gone this week. It's going to go away, and then it'll come back, but it'll go away quickly. So that's really great. Well, for me, fall is my favorite season. I love fall. I love the weather. I love when you can have the windows open and there's like a breeze coming through. I love the fall food, like soups and hot cider, and then you can make apple crisp. I just, I look forward to it every year, and it's just really nice. We all have favorites. We all have preferences and things that we look forward to during these seasons, like skiing, right? Or maybe you look forward to spending time in the spring um, working on your garden and getting it ready. But seasons come and seasons go. And they come and they go. And there are moments of really intense and expansive growth. And there are moments where growth just stops. God created it this way. He created the world for seasons. Winter always comes back. And right now, everything is about to go dormant. And the earth is literally preparing to rest. And that rest is in preparation for the spring. We are also a part of God's creation. And that means that each and every one of us has seasons that come and go in our lives. Seasons of active growth and seasons of rest. And that's our four-letter word for this morning. Rest. I know, right? The word Rest is definitely a four-letter word. It it sounds really nice sometimes, the idea of rest. But maybe, maybe you've been told, you can rest when you're dead. So even the thought of rest makes you feel wrong. Maybe you say that you love rest, but you can't actually do it. Maybe you try to rest, and it feels excruciating because you feel like you're not doing enough. And then you start to believe the lie that you are not enough. This is why rest is a four-letter word. Rest is hard to come by in a fast-paced world. Our world is desperate for rest, yet our culture has made it wrong. 
Rest is lazy. Rest is boring. Rest isn't possible, and it's so far out of reach. Rest is a waste of time. There are so many reasons that our world is full of tired, overwhelmed people. Our culture, it's, it's just interesting. As a culture, we idolize busyness. To be able to say, I accomplished so much today is like a, it's like a status symbol. We elevate how many things we can fit into our day, and our world is constantly trying to figure out how to increase our capabilities. When busyness and accolades are idolized, we will never be satisfied, and rest will forever be an afterthought. And I live in this tension, and I think, I'm sure many of us do too. Like, I value excellence. I, I value it. I value innovation, creativity, advancements in technology, and making things more efficient. And we are pretty remarkable. Like, God, God has given us so much. But when these things become idols, our souls become lost and no longer operate or function the way that God intended it. Our cultural value of keeping up is actually holding us back. I mean, how in the world are we ever going to keep up? And who are we trying to keep up with anyway? What are you trying to keep up with? Who are you trying to keep up with? If we keep telling ourselves that we need to keep up, we will never rest. So how and when are we ever going to rest? We, we need to look to Jesus and hear what he has to say about rest. Look at Matthew 11. 28 to 30 with me. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus will give you rest. Jesus will give you rest for your souls. The Message Bible, which is designed to be more conversational and dynamic, I want to read that for you as well. It says, says it this way. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Imagine what it would feel like to live freely and lightly with the Lord. Now, real rest it's, it's not the breaks you take between these gigantic tasks at work or in your life. True rest isn't escaping to steamboat because the mountains are calling or the pumpkin spice latte that you get in the fall. It's not scrolling through your phone for this next hot trend. It's not even taking a nap. I'm not even talking about how much sleep you get at night. These things, they can be restful, but seeking rest without the giver of rest is a fruitless endeavor. Seeking peace without the prince of peace is an illusion to rest. You can get a full night's sleep and still feel emotionally exhausted when you wake up. None of these things, they will, none of these things will ever satisfy you if Jesus 
isn't your main focus. Jesus loves you so much that he wants to provide a rest for you that, that the world cannot offer. Maybe, maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you've been trying to do it on your own. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Christ and you're not sure what true rest really looks like. This passage, among many others, tells us that when we surrender our life to Jesus, he will take our burdens. He will restore our souls. And he gives us true rest. If you've never given your life to Jesus, true rest can start today. And later in this service, you're going to have an opportunity to make a decision for Christ and start receiving these promises this morning. There's a special rest that God has for all of us. St. Augustine has this beautiful quote that points us to Jesus. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Our heart is restless until it rests in you. Maybe this small illustration will help you imagine this idea of rest. Picture a crying baby, maybe unconsolable or just sobbing. As a parent, you do all that you can to try and calm your baby. You're like, I'm going to bounce like this. Maybe that will calm the baby. I'm going to shush. I'm going to sing songs. I'm going to do pretty much anything because there's like this like anxiety maybe even rising in you, and you're hoping for this child to rest and experience peace. And But ultimately, it's your consistent presence and an unconditional love that the baby needs most. Eventually your baby calms and relaxes into your arms and finds rest. Eventually, our babies fall asleep. Sometimes they've worked so hard to fight against rest, but when they finally relax, they find a place of deep peace. Our heart is restless until it rests in you, Lord. Like babies, we need to rest in God's arms and experience his calming presence and stop fighting against true peace. Rest is so important. It's so important. And for some, rest leads you to relief. But for others, it's a lesson in reliance. The call to rest is good because it, it hits everyone. For some, the invitation to rest comes as a relief. You are tired and you know it. You're exhausted and you've been running and you've not been keeping up. And the invitation from Christ is to rest. It will offer you relief. This is God's promise for you, relief from all your burdens. But for others, you love the grind. You love it. God has made you with an extra abilities to work hard and long hours to provide in powerful ways to take on new tasks. And when you're done, you're not even tired. You're energized. For you, the invitation for rest might not be for relief, but it's to teach you reliance. The Energizer bunnies in this room, I'm married to one, <laughs> live at a fast place. They live at a very fast pace, and rest reminds you to cease and to trust God as your provider because he's the one who's actually giving you the grace to work in the first place. This is an opportunity to cease striving. 
Just because you have the ability to push and achieve and go doesn't mean that, that striving is good for you. As God created the universe, do you think that he actually needed to rest? Or do you think he was modeling a beautiful rhythm that makes sense for all of us? Maybe your work, maybe you work really hard and you aren't tired, but rest allows you to keep your heart in check. It allows you to do that, relying on God and not on yourself. So I want to get really practical this morning. There are rhythms to rest, and I want to share about those rhythms. But first, I want to build a foundation. So here are two things to remember when building a life of rest. The first is this. You have time to rest. You do. You have time to rest. You might not be prioritizing it, but you do have time. The second thing is equally important. You can plan for rest. Rest takes intentionality. True rest won't happen in your life if you don't prepare and plan for it. It just won't happen. This is the foundation. You have time for rest, but you have to prepare. You have to prepare. With those things in mind, let's, let's now talk about rhythms of a restful life. These are daily, weekly, and yearly rhythms that will help you starting today. First, let's talk about daily rhythms. There are things that you can do every day to find rest in the Lord. We all have a couple minutes to spare. I want to encourage you to create a daily rhythm of spending time with God every day in your life. Maybe, you, maybe you've heard people talk about spending time with the Lord, and you're like, 30 minutes to an hour, and you kind of start envisioning how long it's going to be, and it feels like too much, and then you may never make the time because you can't hit this like theoretical timetable, but nowhere in the Bible does it say how long this time needs to be. It just says it's vital to your life. When you start lifting weights, you don't just go and grab 50 pounds in each arm and just like give it a go, right? So start with one to five minutes every day and go from there. Daily rhythms are a picture of reliance and relief. You start your day or you interrupt the middle of your day with some simple, restful times with Jesus. It reminds you to go to God and feel his peace. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Run to him. Run to him. Maybe it reminds you to rely on him in the midst of your work. By starting your day with him or finishing your day with him, you establish a reliance on him that might not happen otherwise. Every Sunday, after every sermon, we have a time of quiet reflection. It's a time to pause and reflect on all that you've just heard. But this space, it doesn't have to only happen on a Sunday. It could be how you start your day. You could set your alarm a few minutes early, and you could intentionally start your day with two minutes of silence instead of on your phone. Two minutes in prayer, right? You can use the prayer Jeff mentioned a couple weeks ago. Come, Holy Spirit. It says in the message, get away with me and you'll recover your life. True living comes from time with the Lord. It's time to plan to be with God. A few minutes throughout your day can, can do a lot of work in your heart. It, it just requires intentionality. 
So when I drive to go pick up my kids from school, I always leave a few minutes early so that I can spend time with the Lord and I can pause. And then when they show up, I can be really present with them and I can greet them from a place of rest. Maybe you find yourself getting ready to go home from work and you, and you had a full day. So you can take five minutes to write down all your tasks for tomorrow. You can lay them down. You can thank the Lord for the time you had that day. And you can show up ready to be with your family at home. A discipleship class I lead twice a year has this great, great practice. It's called the daily office. Each daily office, it starts with two minutes of silence. It has a scripture reading, a devotional thought, a question to consider, a prayer, and then it ends in two minutes of silence. Again, doing this daily has been such a gift because it keeps our hearts tethered and connected to the Lord. There are more than there are more than 50 people from our church who have joined me for that, and it has been such a great thing to do together. It's been such a great experience. Daily rhythms, that's where it all starts. But I also want to talk about weekly rhythms. Having something on a weekly basis brings stability to our life with God. When you have weekly rhythms, even if you fail your daily rhythms, you know you have something to help you restart and reset your connection with God and with his people. The most obvious thing to mention here is gathering for church. Here we all are. Every week, every week we build up burdens and stressors, exhaustion, and even pain. But the beautiful thing and valuable thing about having a space like we do on a Sunday is that you have time in your week when you can lay those down. Come, come and be and lay your burdens down. Allow someone else to preach God's word over you and God, have God's truth be spoken over you. Lift your voice in worship because when you do, you are actively taking the attention off of yourself and you're putting the glory on the Lord. You're focusing on the glory of God. And this is a really great place for that. This is a beautiful place for that. Bring your whole stressful self to church. Bring your tired self. Bring your burdened self because Jesus died on the cross to lift your worries. Jesus died on the cross to set you free. Remember our passage from today. Let me read from Matthew 11 again. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. One of the cultural lies out there is that everything we put on the calendar is something that we have to do. It's something we have to do, right? It, it's something that takes our time and it takes our energy and it takes our life. But having a weekly rhythm of church and worship, it doesn't take anything from you. It provides opportunities to encounter God. And when you encounter God, you encounter rest. I mean, when did the, when did the church become something that takes from you? It's designed to bless you. And not even primarily because of our sermons, but because you can experience God together. 
Resting doesn't take from our life. It restores our life. Times of rest are never a waste of time. As you plan for rest, know that those times will help you engage with all that you have before you. Now, finally, let's, let's talk about yearly rhythms. Every year, Jeff and I, we set aside time to be with the Lord, and we reflect on our year. We create space to be reminded of who we are in Christ. It's, very, it's been such a gift. Jesus modeled rhythms of extended periods of time with God. He went into the mountains or the hillsides to pray and spend time with his Father over and over again. There was a, there was a whole world in need of a Savior, but he still stepped away to spend time with God over and over again. There's an invitation for all of us to get away and to find time to simply be with the Lord. I mean, it turns out that most things are going to keep going. The earth is going to keep spinning. (laughs) The sun is going to rise. And you don't need to do anything to keep it going. Rest reminds us that we are not God. I personally set aside time this fall to have an extended period of time to rest. And during this time, I planned, I planned ahead, and I, I planned to read a whole book. It's a book I read every year that reminds me of who I am in the Lord, and it points to the beauty and the power of Jesus. It's very, it's, I do this on purpose. It's a book called No Greater Love by Mother Teresa. It's very simple. It's practical. And every time I read it, I feel true rest from the Lord. Now, I had, to, I had to plan for this, right? Like, I had to block off space in my calendar. I had to plan with my family, and I even needed to plan out how I was going to use my time because, because I plan for things like this. It is something that I look forward to every year and know that I can take time for. I know that I can take time for this. I think one of the problems that we experience when we don't have good rhythms of rest is that when we get a break, we, we don't end up feeling rested at all. I mean, have you ever had a day off, and then you kind of just go about your day, and you don't know how to spend your time, and then you go to bed at night thinking, what, what did I even do? What was that all about? I, I know that if I don't plan my time of rest, I won't use that time in a way that will bring me life, and I might, might feel even less restful afterward. I think... For us, like being that we live in this beautiful place, it would be really easy for you to plan and prepare a day away in the mountains once a year. This is really practical. You could plan to remove distractions. You could let people know that you won't be reachable. You can even pack a lunch the day before so that you can wake up in the morning. You can drive to a place where you can get away with the Lord and recover your life. Now, by by taking a book and reading it once a year or finding a book in the Bible and reading it once a year, it helps refocus your mind and your heart on why you're getting away. And this is so important. You will never look back on time with the Lord and regret it. In Scripture, you never see anyone bummed out when they spent a great amount of time with God. In real life, I've never met anyone that felt like it was a waste of time after they intentionally sought God. As I wrap up, let's let's consider the differences between how God invites you to rest and how the world invites you. The world promises that you can enter rest after you strive. 
The world says you can retire after working years and years and years. The world promises that if you consume enough food, if you spend enough money or go on enough vacations, you'll taste the good life. And then finally, oh, finally, you'll be able to rest. But the promise of Jesus says that you can experience rest at any point. It's not about what you've done, how hard you've worked, or how much money you have to spend. It's all about who you run to. Matthew 11, one last time. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Are you tired? Do you feel the weight of the world? He says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Allow him to teach you, and you will find rest for your souls. It's not about what you've done. It's about who you're with. Sit with him, lean in, and rest. Let's pray.